start off by saying Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to all you that are listening in. I am Bob Duato with Bill Chester and Jay-Z once again. I hope you guys had a great Christmas, by the way. I mean, I know I did here at home with my kids and everything like that. Did you guys get anything good for Christmas? Um, I, I got some new whiskey glasses and a bottle of whiskey. That'll come in handy, especially for this deal. <laughs> <laughs> What about I am you, Jay-Z? Turning... Got another chin dildo? <laughs> close, <laughs> close. I'm I'm still haven't worn out the last one yet, but um <laughs> I'm I'm turning an old man. I got one of those badass like digital weather stations that measure like barometric pressure and wind speed and all that shit outside. And uh got a whole bunch of stuff for a big green egg because I'm starting to do some smoking, uh smoking of meats on the weekends and stuff like that. Is uh I'm not going to be a pit master, but it's just fun to feed everyone and have them tell you, you know, worship you like a god when you feed them delicious food. So that's uh, <laughs> my Christmas, you know? No, that's awesome. No, it's definitely uh, probably about as good as what Joey Gase got for Christmas. I'm not going to say what it was, but I got a text <laughs> message. And Joey, we did see it. Yeah. That's very, 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 very funny. Yeah, uh, those, are, those are useless. <laughs> you don't need them. Also a chin dildo? Spray Yeah. Well, anyway, um, so we had a great season this year. 2020 was full of just pure growth in the DNQ series. I mean, we saw Nick Stroop take on the championship in the Cup Series and a couple other great races. And the quick synopsis of it was Nick Stroop was the guy to beat in the Cup Series until Eric Riggins showed up. But um, let's go ahead and just cover the Cup Series right now. I mean, the racing has been so good. The, the competition's getting so much better. Do we see somebody new come into this series next year and challenge these guys for a championship? Only if they're a part of that team, I think. <laughs> I mean, the other guys got it, – it was tough to keep up with that whole camp, honestly. Like, they just brought it to the next level this year. A couple of seasoned veterans uh, in big cars coming in running the high side every every weekend at Millbridge. I mean, they're – they were really tough to beat. If one didn't win, the other did. So the rest of the field, and we saw it by those guys trading wins constantly, um, they've definitely got to step it up. So if anybody's going to beat those two, I think you're going to have to be on that team. Uh, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to dispute that right now. I think it's a, a a sign of the evolution of the sport, right? The growth you mentioned before there, Bob. Um, I'm looking at the point standings here, and 50 different people – took a shot at trying to win a cup race this year you know what i mean that's that's a lot for for a, a series that started out with just a, a bunch of buddies wanting to race hungover and have a good time to this this ultra competitive series where you have teams forming that are guarding their speed secrets it's like they're just sitting around after the race drinking beers and saying oh we'll try this stagger next week i think you'll get faster like it's it's competitive out there and um, you know, like, uh, like, like we're talking about here, if, if you're not aligned with one of those big teams, if you don't have some sort of, uh, you know, business plan set up and an agreement with them, a partnership, your, your best shot is third place. Yeah. We saw that too in the filthy mechanic clothing company pro cup series where Zach Stroop, who has that affiliation won the championship. But I think next year in this series, I don't think he's really has a chance because he didn't win races consistently. I mean, he ran consistent top three, but he was not a dominating force. And this is where I, I still say it comes out of that camp where Riggins will end up probably winning this championship next year. Yeah, I mean, Nick Finney and Mike Melton gave him a run for their money, but ultimately that camp was able to beat him out. Um, 
Yeah, Mike Melton was strong all year in in multiple classes, but he was I don't know how to explain it. He he was good enough to run top five, but was never really a contender. It's kind of like the second driver in uh, you know the Robert Gates cars back in like the late nineties or <laughs> early two thousands, right? Like you had yeah. some good equipment, like you were there, but you you weren't dominating. You you weren't winning. You know what I mean? You weren't keeping up with Dale Jarrett or whoever it was um, at the time, and and you got to remember, Riggins missed two or three races. He broke his leg. Remember? Yeah, <laughs> that's like the only reason. Two races. Yeah, that's the only reason he didn't win the championship. He he strung together uh, four wins in five races there in the middle of the season. He was nearly unbeatable. So um, again, everyone else was going to have to step up their game or uh, expect uh, you know Scotty to do some more tables, ladders, and chairs matches and maybe break another leg. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we just got done talking about Mike Melton in the Pro Cup series, but it was the Dash series where he won the championship this year. And he was dominant at the beginning of the year and kind of the mid part of the season. But, I mean, recently they've tapered off a little bit with their with their program, and, and they have the same thing going on. I think if you're going to win the championship in Dash, you have to have an affiliation with Mike and his Magic Mafia, as he calls it. Yeah, for sure. There's something about that group that definitely got the no stagger deal working a lot better than the other guys. Um, although we didn't see that at all in the uh, in the final race of the year because he got smoked. So maybe there is something more out there that nobody's really hit on. Um, what was that guy's name that that won the last race? Uh, Brandon Connard. Brandon Came out Connor. of the Brokeback Mountain Motorsports team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brandon Connor. I don't. Maybe it was just that night where he got everything hooked up. Um, but he laid it down on Melton and those guys. So uh, maybe he hit on something that's a little bit different. I mean, we know the tires are a lot different, and the setup for those go karts has to be a lot different, um, just because there's no stagger at all to help him turn. Um, so. I, it does give everybody else hope, but right now um, that Magic Mike Melton camp definitely has their stuff together, and and it'll be interesting to see if they can carry it on to next year. They they should they they seem to really sell out and really focus on on being good in that dash series, right? Uh, you a lot of guys are only bringing one go kart to the track, right? We're we're not bringing multiple cars to run multiple classes. Most people are in anyways. So if you're going to sell out for the dash shoes or sell out for the tread class, we have we even more stagger than normal than you're used to. Um, you you kind of got to focus on that. You really can't be good in both classes unless you want to bring four dudes to the track with you and wholesale your shit as far as, like, you know, four or five percent cross, you know, yeah. each way when you're changing tires and well, you're changing spindle washers up front and changing the camera. It's, it's too much, man. So, you know, Melton, you know, like you, like you said there, Bob and uh, Bill, he's he's zeroed in on the dash. He's good. Um, and I don't think there's any shame in continuing to focus on that and uh, being the man in that class. Yeah, Joey, finish line. Sorry. What's that? Joey Gase, I, I mean, I'm just looking at the, the standings now. He won four times. And he was somebody who didn't make it to every race because he had prior obligations. Um, but maybe that's somebody, if he can make all the races next year, that can bring it to Mike Melton. Yeah, that's uh, Finish Line Wash Pros comes on board to sponsor that series this year, and Elite Pool Cleaning will sponsor the Cup Series as well. Those are two changes that were not the same from last year. All right, quick look at the Carroll Tractor Trailer Repair Bush Series. 
Daniel Armstrong was pretty much untouchable all season long. Uh, Robert Showalter had a shot because of the prep penalty, but he really didn't have a shot at him all year this year. He was pretty dominant. He was, and it was really fun, especially towards the end of the year. Those two got chippy with each other. They really started to not like each other, and they always found each other racing side by side. No matter what, either they were both dog shit or they were both up front, and they were not scared to just drive it on in there and not even try to make the corner and door slam them. Uh, I mean, it got it got pretty bad, especially at, at the end of the year there where, I mean, bodies were getting ripped off because of it. But it was fun to watch those two. Yeah, this is, this is, um, you know, the, wow, I need more Jack Daniels, I think. Um, my brain looks shut down. But um, the, the Bush series has been around a long time. That class is hyper competitive. You know, that's the traditional pinks and blues you find all over the Southeast, right? I'm not an idiot. I'm not getting them confused. Yes, yeah, no, you right. got it. <laughs> good, good. Um, and Armstrong wins a shit ton of money doing that stuff, you know, outside of DNQ. So, um, you know, for people like Showalter, Bates, Campalogna, um, you know, my, my boy Standish didn't show up much this year, which is kind of sad. I, I missed him. Um, but uh, it, it was it was a good race. But like I said, uh, Bill, it, it got real chippy there at the end and, and people don't mess around. But that's like what you see down at GKK and the tri the the. Uh, was it a tri-state series where it's the last lap there's five grand on the line they're, they're dumping you man get out of the way you know yeah the uh this series next year the arca guys are gonna have i think it's like two to three standalone events but next year the arca championship will be run inside this series as well so expect just one really big field of prep tires next year and ronnie carroll won that arca championship last year the series is unsponsored this year but I mean, I don't, I don't know what to think about this. I, I look at Dustin Dunn and Dylan Teasley, how they ran at the end of the year, and I say that they're the number one contenders for this deal. But there's been a lot of guys like Bryson Murray and Bumgardner that have come in and kind of proved us wrong too. But, I mean, it, there's a lot of names that could win this ARCA championship inside the Bush Series this year. It's going to be awesome to see all those cars on track, first of all, because there was over 70 people that entered – the Arca series and over 70 that entered the Bush series last year. So you get some people showing up there's going to be a ton of cars going home. Um, I don't know how many go-karts we can fit on that track, but it's going to be awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, Ronnie Carroll winning the Arca series. I mean, that's Frank Kimmel basically. Um, and Randall Beck who runs a bunch uh, around the Southeast as well. Um, and does fairly well for himself. I mean, it's really not a surprise to see those two guys up front. Um, but yeah, Dylan Teasley and that Young's Motorsports group, wow. They were the story of the year, both on and off the track. Um, somebody that you love to see good because you know the party is going to be even better afterwards. It there that team showed up with brand new shit in the beginning of the year. Um, they were they spared no expense and they were they were on full kill all year and took a little while a couple of weeks to build up that notebook but uh you know they were dominating at the end of it again it's that uh, affiliation that alliance we talked about those those big teams have got the the deep notebooks and the deeper pockets those are the ones you want to link up with and and we're seeing it pay dividends here towards the, uh, the end of this past year one thing uh i was laughing about the other day and i did notice it was uh daniel armstrong uh if you look at the picture on the website He's got his trophy, and he's and it's so funny because it's one of those Easter egg moments that you find. He's he's holding his trophy 
he's given the one finger up and he's given the middle finger up with his right hand on the trophy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought that was pretty good because yeah. Daniel, if you know Daniel Armstrong, he's not one of those guys that really wants to do that part of it. He enjoys, he's mm-hmm. just a racer. He just wants to race. He doesn't really care about the, the media part of it, but it almost makes him a bad boy when he when you interview him and he doesn't like it. You know? So it's like it's mm-hmm. pretty funny. All right, a new series for next year is the USAC series, the United States Association of Champ Carts, which I got the word "sack" in there and made it look legitimate. Uh, <laughs> USAC will start next year. Uh, Bill, we got to look at this at the uh, Hoosier Nationals, and uh, it looks pretty promising, especially when we get a couple more out there, I know people were looking for chassis and a couple builders sold out already and there's none left on Facebook marketplace. So I think we're going to have a decent field. <laughs> I would say so because what well, we had eight of them or so um, at the last race. And I mean, that was just whoever's got one come out here, try it. Nobody ever ran a champ cart on trends. Nobody really runs champ carts at Millbridge that much anyway. Um, so it was a bit of a ragtag crew that came out there. And they put on a heck of a show. Like, it was good to see some big horsepower out there. We had guys running all the way down in the mud, which Ryan Richmond, (laughs) that was a great party after the race also. Um, He ran right along the bottom. And then we had other guys like David Mayo pounding the wall down. Um, So top was working. Bottom was working. They were pretty racy. Lap traffic was an issue, especially for Joey Gase. Um, it was, it was exciting and, um, and I'm pumped to see some of these guys get out here with these cage carts and rip around here, uh, on some treads. I, I think it's going to grow. You guys already mentioned that all the, the you shit's gone. Some builders are already so backward. You're not going to be able to get your stuff for the beginning of the season. Um, I, I think by the, by the midway point, right. By the all-star race, I think we'll be sending people home. I think we'll be running B mains and sending people home in this USAC class. So uh, I'm excited. Ryan Richmond got to put his name up there as the, the first winner. You know what I mean? He did pretty good. Uh, you <laughs> made it, made it, made, was lapping yeah. half the field. You know what I mean? So I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I had flashbacks of Bentley Coon when I saw Ryan Richmond <laughs> go to victory lane. <laughs> Well, joining us right now is Ryan Richmond. Ryan, uh, you got us? Yeah, I got you. All right. So we're, we're talking about this USAC series for next year. And uh, the Hoosier National Race was, was really good. I mean, you had John Kinder get wrecked early. Joey Gase maybe would have put something or got to your bumper. don't know if he could have passed you. But what was it like running that race? And, and how was it from the driver's seat? It was, uh, it was interesting. Uh, like I said, I'd never – Sand a champ buggy till like Thursday of that week, so it was it was definitely different not being able to look over your shoulder, see where everybody is. They're they're kind of hard to drive in that aspect. They're uh, they're also they're stiff. Like you feel every bump on the racetrack. Like it was <laughs> it was definitely different. <laughs> so you're from? Uh, uh, go ahead, Bill. You got any questions for uh, our winner from last race for the USAC series? No, I mean, it was really exciting to watch, especially um, it looked like towards the end of the Hoosier Nats there. I mean, you were you you were like one of the only guys on the bottom. And I think you're probably the reason that the bottom got run in at all that race um, for all the classes. So um, I th- you definitely had something to do with that. Um, but it was it was interesting to see all the different lines in practice, nobody really knew where to run. And then you go and stick it down there on the bottom and all the mud and click off half a second faster than the field. And after that, it was like, 
shit scattered everywhere. Wrenches were getting thrown. And <laughs> by the heat races, half the guys were on the bottom. And there were still some guys running the top. And, and finally, by the feature, everybody decided, like, all right, the precedent's been set. You're going to have to get on the bottom. Uh, you know what? After watching most of the treading classes run around the top all year, why did you even start to go down that road? And, and you know, what was it like running down there in all that heavy mud? Well, we, uh, me and my, my buddy Mike there, we, uh, we sat back and looked at, you know, Miltona, the very first two, three races or so of the uh, treaded tires for the cup class. It was on the bottom, you know, when it gets cold, the track gets wet, it's, you run on the bottom. So we, we just made the commitment. We we're going to set it up. We we're going to put some gear to it. We we're going to run the bottom with the buggy and we come off the racetrack and, you know, I still, I was about 700 RPM off on my gear and I look at magic and he's like, Hey, you're half second faster. I was like, well, I need some more gear. So, <laughs> like, All right. so we, uh, we kept slinging gear to it. You know, we, you know, tighten it up and add two feet of gear all day. And, I feel bad for the guys that want to rub the top, but I mean, I, I knew we both knew that as it got cold and in the, in, into the night that the, the bottom was going to be there, and the, the treaded tires show that you know when it gets hot and and uh, the track gets dry, the top is the way to go. But when it's wet like that and it's cold and damp, you know the the moisture is down there and the tires can take it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it seems like you guys had a really good first run and a learning experience. Um, now we were earlier in the podcast, you were talking about big teams protecting their speed secrets. So you don't need to give away the the whole thing. Give us a shot up the whole skirt. But you know, what's what's the big difference that you're seeing as you were evolving the setup on this buggy versus the flat carts you run? What are the some of the big changes that you guys are making for those flat cart fans out there that might be uh, getting interested in the buggies here? Oh, I, I can't tell you everything, but, <laughs> you know, it, it worked for, for one race anyways. And, uh, but we really, we really, we didn't know. We, uh, yeah. like I had said in my interview, I took some information from three or four different people from David Mayo and John Kinder and Mike Rout and, you know, guys that had drove buggies before. And we, we, we didn't know where to start. So we just took some information and kind of threw a baseline in it and, and we get to the racetrack and, you know, we had the results that we wanted. Didn't know how we were going to get there when we showed up, but it just happened to work out in our favor that day. And, you know, we, we still did learn some things throughout the race that we can, uh, we can work on to make it better. You know, it's still, it's still the same game with the tires. You know, you got to have your stagger right and you have to nail the air pressure when everybody's on the same tire. And that's what it boiled down to is I felt that, uh, the, the stagger was right and the, the air pressure was perfect for what I had to do. It, the chassis could have been a little bit better. We still could have tweaked on some things, but it still all comes down to tires. Well, it looked like you did exactly the opposite of David Mayo and John Kinder, and that was definitely the right <laughs> thing. So, <laughs> hell of a drive. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they struggled for sure. It's I'm, I'm very interested to see when this series goes – to the top side of the racetrack when it does dry out and it gets to be the summer where where it's going to stand because now guys have a cage around them and belts where they're a little bit more secure and we see guys riding a fence now in the cup series which is pretty ballsy to begin with but i think it's 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 a sense of security now to where these guys can go run the top and they feel safe and if they get hit they're okay and you know i feel way better about it driving this i, I would be surprised if this series didn't blow up 
Oh no, absolutely. This I feel like this series is going to take off. If you if you're trying to buy one right now, you're you're in you're in a bit of a bind. There is uh, there's not a lot used out there for sale unless you're going to go call Harold and buy something brand new. But there there definitely will be uh, probably ten to fifteen to start. I'm guessing. Uh, but but like you guys said, by by middle of the season, you'll be having B mains and and stuff like that. But is even when it gets hot though, I I think these the buggies will be more. Uh, inclined to run the bottom as well i think you'll have more multi-groove racing than when the cup series runs when it gets hot you know where it's single lane on the top and you nobody can make the bottom work i think you'll be able to to figure it out and run you know both actual grooves and be competitive and that's uh that's what we're going to commit to because cage or not or seat belts or not them they still tip over and nobody wants to do that and i'm gonna uh i'm gonna do my best to to figure out the bottom and run all year on that and cause that's where i like to run <laughs> so if you uh watched any of the cup races last year is as the summer months went on the higher went up the racetrack my performance downgraded and uh that's just not where i want to be on the racetrack who's going to be the first one upside down next year oh donald donald caldwell <laughs> <Hands up. laughs> Dirty and donnie so yeah you're he, uh... go ahead Sorry. now that uh, so you're from Canastota, New York, which is up by Jay-Z, who still lives in upstate New York. Uh, talk to us a little bit about your racing background and growing up. Uh, me and my dad, we uh, we built street stocks. We raced up at Uticrome Speedway. Uh, that, was, that was all we did. We didn't you know, snowmobile, didn't hunt, nothing. We just worked on street stocks and raced the local tracks around. And then uh, I turned 18. I spent a couple of years in Ohio at a uh, vocational school and then moved down here working for big Bill Venerini for, you know, 300 bucks a week, sweeping floors and cleaning toolboxes. And, <laughs> you know, that turned into, you know, bounce around the Arca garage for a couple of years. And then like any bright 23 year old, someone said, Hey, you want to go cup racing? Yeah, sure. Let's do that. So and bounced around and back cup garage for a few years and ended up in the Xfinity series. And now I'm, car chiefing up at Call of Grace, and then it, uh, it worked out really good for me, actually. So it was a tough road, but uh, you got to cut your teeth, you know, when you start in this business. So, Well, anything's better than Ohio, so sounds like a good move <laughs> to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a ton of respect when you, when you start off like that and then you come through racing there there's no doubt about it jay-z how far are you from canastota new york oh maybe two three hours not not that far i, I know utica rome speedway and like lebanon valley's out a little bit east of there and canada was south of me it's got a lot of big uh, big block modifieds and the uh, you know world of outlaws will come there once in a while so i'm i'm familiar it's not too far away brian so what You've run DNQ for a long time. I don't know. I think it's probably around three or four years now. But what has it been like this whole time racing with the series and and being a part of it? Ah, uh, it's been awesome. It's been it's been a great ride. You know, uh, I come in with like the first real bush class we had when we were running the EL tires back then. You know, we were getting twenty twenty five go karts a night and. 
and I don't know why, but Eddie, but you decided to start like 27 go-karts at a time. And like, oh my God. So, you know, the old Bush days where you, you put a time limit on us because we couldn't, uh, we couldn't get 30 laps in. And so I think we run at the fair one time. We only run 10 laps, <laughs> so, but it was, it was really fun back then doing the EL tires and the, the, the predator because again you had to drive it you know the you couldn't get them things soft enough because they were plastic so and then when they uh got rid of the el tire and went to, to the bush series or uh to to the pinks and blues i decided to try and run cup with the clone and that was that was a disaster to start <laughs> out you know racing uh i think jason denny won nine races that year in the cup series and everyone else was trying not to get lapped you know, and then uh, we come up with the, you know, helped you and I know Show Walter and Welch and me and Winslow, we all tested the treaded tires out there and it is, it has been a complete game changer. It's, it's been absolutely wild. It's been great for the series. It, uh, the competition level is really, has really peaked because you saw for quite a few years there that one guy would win six, seven, eight races, you know, Tim Nye won a bunch of races and Jason Denny dominated one year and Kennard the next and Tyson. And then you get to, you know, the cup series of the treaded tires. And I think until Stroop got hot, I think, I think we had five different winners in the first five races. And that really says the adamant to the uh, top level competition when you can have that many different winners. It's just, that speaks for itself alone, the, uh, the competition. And that's, it's fun. And, as long as you keep to do it fun like that, you're going to have more people come out. And I think it's at a really good point right now. Thanks for jacking us off there, Ryan. We appreciate that. <laughs> you're welcome. I do anything I can. So, there's a lot of guys in like the, the Xfinity, uh, uh, you know, the NASCAR cup, cup garage, Arca that, that all run DNQ. Is there, is there a rivalry that goes on between all you guys? You guys talk crap to each other up and down pit road in the garage when you're, when you're on the job as, as a, is, D, is DNQ like a central topic with all you guys that participate? It, it really, it does actually. There's uh there's quite a bit, not I'd say trash talk, but discussion, yeah. you know, rules and, and, you know, what are you going to do and how are you going to get better? And, you know, just the basic racer camaraderie, but we can just do it every weekend, you know, three weeks mm-hmm. between races. It really gives you time to to sit back and pick out what you're going to do for the next race, what you're going to try. I'm going to do this. I heard this guy's doing that. You know, it gives you gives you more time to overthink it, you know. And, oh, yeah. And, and, you know, you just, you know, sits on the surface plate done for a week and you're going to go change six springs before you even get to the racetrack though we've all been there <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you have like a whole holler full of spare parts you just try to like limit yourself so you don't <laughs> trick fuck yourself mm-hmm. yeah well e- everything i own comes with the racetrack so i, I bring <laughs> two predators and now a champ buggy so I, I don't have any spare parts you know it's there's there's no worries about that i know bill Bill used to go racing with me at the 
FWK nationals, like road courses, stuff like that, you know, about 10 years ago or something like that. And we'd show up with this special spec axle, this, this new seat this week, and these types of prototype spindles. And by like five practice sessions in, we had the whole go-kart apart in the stand, putting all the way back to the way it was. We're just sitting there, texting <laughs> each other back and forth, trick fucking ourselves. So we're, <laughs> we're well aware. <laughs> yeah, I went with Brad to, I went with Brad to, or uh, build a Kershaw once. And he worked the dog shit out of me. I thought I was at like, I thought I was at Cup Happy Hour, and then I was at a go kart track to Kershaw. I was just there to hang out. Next thing I know, we're thrashing left and right. Had a good, had a good day though. It had a yeah, good but day. I didn't make you change your necklace for fifteen thousand. So <laughs> very true. So uh, Ryan, I know your your goals are wins and a championship. What what is the biggest thing you're looking forward to for uh, 2021? Man, we're gonna we're gonna hopefully win some more races. You know, I think uh, I think I had the longest drought between D and Q wins in history. It was like four years. My wife reminds me every week. <laughs> so we're just uh, we're gonna go out and have fun, try and win some races. I'd I'd like to uh, run the USAC full time and probably a part time Cup schedule, hit the big shows. But other than that, we're just gonna run USAC, go for wins, and uh, hopefully have some fun. You're off to a good start. All right, Ryan, anything else you want to talk about? If not, we're going to carry on here with the show. No, nah, man, just uh, thanks for having me, and uh, I'm looking forward to Miltona and and getting out there and getting racing again. Good luck, Ryan. Enjoy right, the precious Natty Lights New York has to offer. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to drink some Bush Lights later. Yeah. <laughs> the back blue they drink up there, too. Don't yeah. Back blue. Oh, yeah. Canada. yeah. All right. So thanks, Ryan. Ice. All right. Thank you. Right, so, you know, you always have to – when you look at DNQ, Ryan Richmond's a mainstay in DNQ series and just a great guy, too. If you ever get to know him, just a, a really good dude to know and a, a great competitor as well. Yeah. I mean, anybody that sticks with DNQ as long as he has – there's something really wrong with them or uh yeah they just like having a good time all right so we uh that's good to talk to ryan I, I like talking to him so we we talked about you know most of the season so far but coming up smiltona and that's probably one of our biggest races for the cup series that we have all year long and last year ronnie shirk like shocked the world and won this thing david crops on the outside <laughs> pole for this race i mean i look back at it really good race mike roth should have won it stepped on his pecker with the lap cars but man i'm excited that this is coming around again the second one with treaded tires i mean do we see a stroop and riggins race or do we see somebody new in it for whatever reason miltona brings people out of the woodwork that have been fooling with their stuff all winter long and have got it dialed in and Miltona will shock every single year. I mean, I remember all the way back to the Bentley Coon days. I like the big unrestricted motors, the big hogged out suckers. It didn't matter. Like it, Miltona was always a great race. And I think it's because everybody just sits there and marinates all winter long, you know, just <laughs> The tons of bush light going through the minds of DNQ racers. And some people hit on it, and a lot of people forget how to race. And for whatever reason, it always brings surprise winners. So I, I look forward to Miltona every single year. Yeah, I, I think um, I think it's going to be a barn burner. I think the treaded class has solidified itself as the most fun class to run in the Southeast right now. I, I kind of get the vibe that 
you know, people still go and, and run some of the traditional series and and run their pinks and blues because it's what they know. But it's it's not as fun to drive those carts the way it is to drive these carts at uh, Millbridge and run the high lane and the multi-groove racing. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I, you're talking about, it's like a, a, a dice roll. I want to see a guy like Curtis Beeson just win one. And that squirrel that gets a nut once in a while, unload fast and lead a bunch of laps up front. You know, so some guy like that, that we don't normally talk about a whole lot. It, it could be anybody. I think it's going to be a great race. Yeah, I think uh, Ryan Ayers is somebody that we're not really thinking about. He started to run the Nationals. He's pretty good. I, I really yeah. feel like if there's going to be somebody who gives Riggin, Stroop, and a couple of those guys a run for their money, it's going to be him. He's He's got good equipment. He's with Showalter and, and Adam Welsh, and I think he's going to be the one to watch this year, if I had to guess. Could very well be. Um, and But don't forget about Brandon Connard. He ran the B main at the Hoosier Nats, came back and swept three classes. So maybe somebody like him decides to sack up and get a big cart and and run Miltona. Somebody like that is very capable of coming out and taking that trophy. If Jason Eford can do it, anybody can. Amen. I, uh, you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I hope we get some more traditional names that show up. I hope like a James Stanley Jr. comes back. Um, you know, I hope we still get the fan favorites like old Big Red there, Mr. Haley. I hope he continues to race. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping some of the traditional guys have been running the last couple of years, like a Standish, um, you know, come back, fill out this grid even more, make it even more competitive, and, uh, you know, give us a, a good race to call. Yeah, that's a Miltona 50, and that'll be on January 24th, Sunday, January 24th, at Milburn Speedway. And like we said, that that's always just one of those races that, for some reason, somebody different ends up taking it. All right, so 2021, I mean, you guys, we, we pick winners before the season starts to begin with. So um, go through each series. I mean, I'll give you guys a few minutes and just pick your champions for the year. Uh, who do you think is going to win – the championship i've already done this beforehand and i'll i'll tell you what mine were once i pull it up here but i like to do this because it's always good to listen back and see who was close and who wasn't close so i had dustin dunn winning the arca championship with dylan teasley in second randall beck third bush series i was thinking armstrong again usac i thought john kinder if he runs all of it will win the championship there dash series reluctantly picked melton but i don't think he's going to win it uh, Pro Cup, Eric Riggins, Cup Series, Eric Riggins. So those were my picks for the series. But I'm interested to see what you guys think uh, and who you think may win this championship this year. Who Cup Series? I yeah. I mean, Eric Riggins is the obvious choice. I think the top three are are going to be Riggins, Stroop, and Bobby Showtime if he runs all the races and does get his ass thrown out. Um, he was very very fast but who knows i mean there might be some newcomers to that i'd love to see uh, a name like dan ridenhauer come back and throw some treads on um, oh my god I, he's a type of guy that would be an absolute uh, just a bull in a china shop out there with some treads and he's the type of guy that would cherry pick miltona and win something and then get all confident and come back for the next five races so uh that it would be great to see somebody new um, or even old like that. I mean, Tim Nye knows his way around here. He's familiar with treads. I mean, he runs micros and stuff 
around Millbridge. So it'd be great to see some of those guys come back and challenge that camp. Um, so let's see, let's switch over to the Bush series. Um, damn, Bob, you're like fucking Excel sheets or micro. <laughs> website. Yeah, you got to um, hit presentation mode. Yeah, so uh, yeah, Daniel Armstrong, if he comes back um, <clears throat> and races, he's very strong, is pissed off about something every single race, just that kind of guy. Um, Bobby Showtime, man, those two, it's going to be a death match uh, between those two, I think. <laughs> those guys were really, really strong. Um, Caleb Clenard was probably the disappointment of the year yeah. uh, last year. So it would be good to see him come back. Um, I think just kind of threw him for a loop um, this year, especially running up top as much as we have. Um yeah, let's see who else. I mean, I'd love to see Brandon Connard run that class. He could be really, really yep. strong. Um, he definitely showed uh, everybody that he knows how to get around Millbridge. Um, let's see. So, Arca Series. Hold on. Let me fucking zoom in from outer space. Um, <laughs> space Force. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> Ronnie Carroll, um, Randall Beck. Yeah. So, this would be in with the Bush Series also. I think you got to give it to Ratchet Jaws. I mean, he was just too strong at the end of the year last year, and he, he was just grew so much as a driver, and that camp grew so much as a team. Um, I, I think he's going to be the one to beat um, in the Arca series. Uh, let's see. Who else do I have to choose from there? Yeah, a bunch of no-name fucks. Um, <clears throat> Pro Cup? Yeah fucking Stroops in this one. That's going to be tough. Yeah, I think Zach Stroop is going to be your winner um, again, unless you get uh, you know, Bobby Showtime coming back and running this some more. Um, he can definitely give it to him. You know, bunch of very good runs last year. Couple of wins. Uh, DQ. So I think he learned his lesson. Didn't get thrown out again after that. Um, so that's good. Um yeah, Jerry Mullis ran that thing. So I'd say that's probably my top three. Zach Stroop, they definitely got it together. Um, <clears throat> Dash Series, the Finish Line Wash Pros Dash Series. Fucking satellite view down to Google Earth. All right. Yeah, Mike Melton. Mike Melton and Joey Gase. If Joey Gase can make every race, I think he can win the championship. Um Mike Melton will definitely give him a run for his money. And Mike Condorino, if he could just be more consistent, Mike Condorino could have a shot at that. But he's just so hot and cold. Some races he's fighting to get in the top five, and other times he's running away. So he's one of those guys that's kind of right there. No wins, but I think once he cracks that winner's circle, he's going to win some more. Um, I his confidence is definitely better. His equipment's better. His speed's better. So maybe he can do it. Um, he's definitely going to be in the top three again, I think. The USAC series. <laughs> Ryan Richmond. Um, yeah, he was really good. But Joey Gase, uh, I think, is going to be your winner um, for the USAC series. He was really, really strong. Um, took him all night to kind of get his shit dialed in. Um, but by the time the feature rolled around, he was good. 
and took him half the race to run down Ryan Richmond because he started on the pole, but he was at his back bumper when they caught lap traffic. So I think Joey Gase is going to be your winner, and and uh, Ryan Richmond will obviously be strong there um, as long as he doesn't do whatever Kinder and Mayo do. Uh, <laughs> if it gets up top, Mayo was right on the board. So maybe through those summer months, David Mayo could be the one to beat, and it only takes you know three or four wins to essentially lock yourself in. Um, so I, yeah, that'll be. Uh, I think those are my picks. What you got, Jay Z? Oh man, uh, you know, hey, I, I, he he might. He he's a dark horse. <laughs> I am just worried. Um, about which manufacturers lobbying the France family the most right now? <laughs> who's who's gonna you know kick in a couple extra hundred grand and make sure that they get a new nose put on the race car? You know, that's a couple counts better than anybody else's. But uh, who knows? Who knows? Just a theory. But I I think for Cup it's Riggins. I think that's the class he's gonna focus on the most. Um, if he runs all the races, he's shown he's un- nearly unbeatable. Um, I think Stroop managed to beat him three times, but I just. I, I just don't. I just don't yeah, see it so happening. Fucking Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch trade wins. I mean, yeah, on. yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's crazy, man. It's, I just Riggins is just unstoppable, especially when that track gets slick. Uh, everyone else seems to be bouncing that right rear off the boards a little bit more than he does, and he just holds it together. I, I grant, like, there's a guy like Connard, right? Who I'm, I'm a little horny on Brandon Connard right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> he, he impressed the shit out of me at the Hoosier Nationals, just dominating every class he showed up in. But those cold, wet races is only, you know, two, three of them during the year. You know, you usually, you know, from March all the way through the end of September, it's it gets pretty dried out. It gets a nice, uh, you know, prep groove in there. Well, not with the treads, but you know what I mean. Trek is running real nice. They'll be up against the board. So I, I still think it's going to be Riggins and Cup. Um, I, I would like to see a surprise. You know what I mean? But I just I just don't think maybe a Jimmy Allen Jr., Who's, who's been top five for most of the races, right? He's he's there. We see his car. We call his name. Maybe he can break through. Um, but I just don't think anyone's got enough for Riggins. I, I think he's the best for Cup right now. Um, Pro Cup, I'm going with Conard. I I I think he can win that class. I think he's good enough to do it. Uh, I know we talk about Stroop and, and Melton and Riggins runs it as well. Uh, but I just think Conard's got to get one of them. Maybe a dark horse is Ryan Ayers that uh, Bob mentioned earlier. He's uh, He's been pretty quick. He scored some good points in the races he did run in that class. But um, I still think it'll be Connor if he shows up. He's He's been top three every week. And then in the... Um, the Hooters are the, the nationals, the Hoosier nationals. He just kicked ass. So I think he's my pick for pro cup going to Bush series. Um, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be show Walter. Cause I, I don't see anyone else in that list showing up that that's really going to maybe a Bryson Murray. Um, he, he did get a win last year, but I don't know if he's going to commit to the series. Um, even if he does, I think Armstrong and Showalter are, are better drivers right now, better equipment, better programs. But I think Showalter keeps us cool. I don't think he's going to rip the right side off the go-kart, and I, I think he's going to be the one that's going to have more consistent finishes, uh, fewer blow-ups and stuff like that. I know Armstrong's won a bunch of money. I know he's good, but I just, I'm just i going with Bobby Showtime there. I, I, think you can get the, I think you can get it done. Arca Series. I, I'm going with... Um, 
Teasley or uh, who was the other guy in that camp from uh, Tyler and Dunn. Sports? Done. Yes, they they have got the best equipment in that class by far. The last yeah, two or three course. weeks, they showed up and they just unloaded better, right? They 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 handle on the straightaways better. They handle on the, the turns better. They've just got better stuff than everybody. And again, it's kind of like your entry level class. We don't expect any Andretti's to show up or anything like that. So if you got that good equipment, you got that power on the go kart. Um, if there is any in those uh, predators. He's uh, they've got it best. So I, I think it's either Teasley or Dunn that gets the win there. Uh, what do we got left? Goodies, goodies dash series. Um, man, I, I don't I want I want like a hot pick. I want a hot take. But I, I don't think Joey Gates is going to make all the races. And we talked about before Melton and his whole camp that Magic Mafia, they focus on this class. They focus on the setup with a, the no stagger. Um, I think they've got it done. I, I'd like to think an Adam Welch will be able to show up and win a couple races that, that you know next season. I mean, he, he ran the first half, finished really well, got a win in the first four races last season, and kind of just disappeared and let some other people drive his stuff. Did he Did he get hurt? Is that what happened? No, he just let uh, Ryan Ayers drive it and dash. That, that's right. That's right. Um, I, again, I, I think if he wants to run it, I think he could possibly win. But Melton's the one that makes a commitment. He puts the time in in the, the shop during the week. I think he's got it. And then uh, the USAC's one I'm missing, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with Kinder. I, I He was quiet this season. Um, I know he's been running a lot of, uh, I think he's been running some big cars, some Inca style, Inca style modifieds and whatnot. Um, but uh, I, I think he can get it done in USEC. I think he's quick. I know Ryan Richmond's got a good setup there to start off with. But again, that cold, damp weather is just a one-off. I think uh, Kinder can come back in the midseason and string a bunch of wins together. He's yeah, well, not that bad. He got turned around early in the Hoosier Nats, and I think that's why he finished back as far as he did. Yeah, yep. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. Yeah. He ended up in the infield, and they never threw the yellow for him, right? They just, they just stayed green the whole time, and he got screwed. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. He's yeah. run – he ran, like, Hooters Pro Cup and I think Truck Series for a while, too. So he's got so a lot nice. of, yeah. yeah, he's got a ton of driving experience. So definitely somebody that, that can get it done. There's no doubt in my mind. Now, we had – so we ended the race. We did the Hoosier Nationals, which was an optional race, but we ended the season. And uh, people were giving me a hard time about running the offseason this long, which uh, – I think everybody needs a timeout as far as I'm concerned. Like it gives you a lot of time to work on your stuff. And I think that's better to do it that way. I don't know what you guys think. I don't mind having an off season. I mean, there's a lot of shit that I had to get done and none of it was fucking with DNQ. So <clears throat> I, mean, I think everybody, everybody falls into that category at some point. You know, during the week, guys, we were talking about family life and having to do a secret shots. You know, the family leaves the room, you rip the bottle out of the cupboard real quick, rip yeah. like one, two shots real quick, and then kind of pretend like nothing's happening, even though your eyes are watering with the tequila still and they walk back in. You know? I think the off season, whether you want to or not, you, you got to put that family time in, focus on them, get the misses um, off your back a little bit, you know, make sure she has a magical Christmas and a beautiful New Year's and all that stuff. So that when January rolls around, you can be balls deep in racing again. Because otherwise, um, I don't think getting a D and Q is worth getting a divorce. Who am I to judge? Right? I love it as much as everyone else, but you know, go karts a lot less than a divorce. So let's you know, give her her couple months in the off season, and then uh, you know, come back strong. So I'm I'm okay with a break. 
Yeah, if you want uh, some really good stuff, like Robert Showalter's Facebook's really good. I just became friends with him on there, and he posted that thing with the chick lying. Yeah, women lie. Yeah, I, he's he's pretty funny. All right, so that's basically the the year review for DNQ, and uh, you know I look forward to another season of DNQ and a lot to a lot that we're gonna have time to talk about. I'm sure coming from all these races in this series. But moving on to some real racing news, uh, I'm gonna cover this. Uh, I don't even know if it's really happening. I saw Bob Poggers posted his. Floyd Mayweather is going to work with Spire, go figure, out of all <laughs> people to work with, to um, to get involved in NASCAR. And I don't know if that's got something to do with the Michael Jordan deal or what, but, man, there is some new money flowing into NASCAR, and it's a good thing. I mean, hopefully when we switch cars, you get like a Honda or something like that. But, man, someone like Floyd Mayweather puts money behind something, you know he's either going to – it's either going to go one or one or two ways. He's going to be like Red Bull and spend a ton of money and get nothing out of it, or <laughs> he can spend money and be successful. And I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm not really sure which way that's going to go. I, I think when you, you put your money with people that are reliable and trustworthy and stuff like that, you're okay. And then sometimes when you don't do that, you're going to have a situation that you never wish you got involved in. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely think of better alliance teams um, than maybe Spire, but yeah, I think he's in it for the pictures and the and the bitches. I'm not real sure if he's in it for racing, um, you know, because he says he's the money team, but I, I think he's going to be out of money before uh, very long. I, I don't know, man. There's got to be a good business model at Spire where I know they don't win, right? um traditionally and they're you know they're getting lapped three times in the first 60 laps at any mile and a half you know what i mean yeah um, unless their name is justin haley <laughs> yeah right i i mean that, that's why i was almost backtracked to what i said because i know he pulled off that dub which is good for him man big payday right um all the all the yeah. records you could possibly want but um there's teams that make money because they have a good pedigree and people want to be associated with it. And then there's teams that are just a good business model and they run in the back because there's no, they know there's only 40, 40 seats, 40 spots in cup. And there's a bunch of kids and daddies who want to spend money to be in it. And I think Floyd Mayweather is not a dummy. I don't, I, he might be a race fan. I don't know if he is. I don't think he is from what I've seen so far. Uh, I think he just knows a good business model when he sees it and he says, shoot, someone's going to pay me. 250k to finish 40th at martinsville sign me yeah. up you know what i mean yeah. like yeah. let's do it bro and I, I think that's where he's coming from but you said uh any news is good or any press is good press right so whatever that phrase is so um you know if, if people are still putting money into the sport we're still gonna have a full grid in the cup series on sundays uh, and saturday nights in some cases you know I, i'm all for it i'm not gonna speak badly of it i just i hope he's successful and i hope the team you know can you know, get a couple, uh, you know, top 25s out of it. That'd be nice, you know? I just, just thought he wasn't overpromised. put it that way. Yeah, yeah agree. Absolutely. The, the second you show up to the racetrack and you see who they hired to work on the car, that tells you the story right off the bat. Now, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, Bill. What, when you see what caliber people they hire, that tells you the story before you ever get to the racetrack. So that you, you win races with people. And you don't win it with equipment. So it doesn't matter if you have Hendrick chassis or Gibbs chassis or, you know, it doesn't matter what you have. It's 
it's really who's working on it makes the difference. And that's, that's what it is. You invest in people. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. So, but yeah, I mean the Michael Jordan team though. Um, I mean, they, I think are taking a different approach. Um, I mean, that's way, way more money than Floyd Mayweather can ever dream of. Um, but I mean, Denny and Michael got together to start their own team. It's another Gibbs Alliance car. I mean, we really haven't seen a Gibbs Alliance car run poorly in the history of that sort of model. So, um, I mean, they put Bubba Wallace in it. He's now kind of back with Gibbs somewhat. He's not a terrible driver. I mean, he ran, what, 20th in petty shit, which which was who knows how many years old compared to other RCR shit that's however far behind the stuff that's any good anyway. Um, so, I mean, I think if there's – if if that – that team has uh, way more potential for success than I feel the money team does for exactly the reasons that you just listed, Bob, like they got good shit with good people. They're starting off on the right foot. They've got a ton of sponsors already. It's not like they're scraping together, like one set of tires to start the race on and you're going to pull off in the first stage. Like it seems like they're fully legit going for it. It, it's that pedigree we were talking about a second ago, right? Like you got two dudes and, and uh, you know, people pick on Denny, right? But he's, he's won a whole bunch of races. You know, he's, he's a good freaking driver and Michael Jordan, I'm not going to explain that. Everyone knows what that is already. Um, they, they have the mentality. I think they know how to align themselves with those people that Bob was talking about that also know what the hell they're doing. They're not going to get, uh, you know, Red Bull out of the sport or anything like that. You know, the people that are overpromising and can't deliver. I, I think they know what they're doing. They understand how to, I'm hoping they understand how to get that out of the people that are in the team. And I, I, I wish Bubba some, some success. You know what I mean? It, he, uh, you know, him and, and Chris Buescher were kind of rivals for a one, at one point in the Xfinity series and the same type of equipment and, and Buescher, or Buescher just got the better of them. Um, I, I think he's capable of running top 10, top 15 and good equipment if uh, you give him the chance. So, uh, you know, let, let's see what happens. I'm excited. Yeah, he had he his average finish was about 21st, but he did have a top five in that Richard Petty car in that Richard Petty stuff and five top 10s. He's not a bad driver at all. And I'm happy that he gets an opportunity. He's uh, I've known him for a long time and he's come and supported this DNQ series, raced in it a bunch. And uh, he, he's just a good person. Um, you know, all politics aside, as a person, he's a very good person. So very happy to see him get an opportunity in that. And I agree. I think it's really good stuff. I think it'll run better than the 95 because they have better funding. And I think the first year might be a little shaky. But, I mean, heck, in, in seven or eight years, this team may still be around and might be pretty good because I could see them going to two to three cars pretty quick. Yeah, certainly. I mean, the resources are definitely there. Um, and like you said, like that, even the 95 car, they, they, with Christopher driving, took a hot minute to get their act together. But by the end of the year, they were top 15, top 10s, running top five here and there. Like they weren't a bad team. They, for whatever reason, could, couldn't put together a bunch of good finishes in a row. Um, but, you know, if you take that same group of people now that they've worked together for a year and, put them on a team with more funding and, and just a different driver. Like they definitely have potential for success. Do you Daisy, think, what do you got? 
Do you think I'm just continuing that topic, just a little just stretch it out a little bit more here. Do yeah. you think the superstar power of of Michael Jordan owning that team and the lightning rod that Bubba was last season will be too much of a distraction to focus on race day and get the job done? I mean, we we pick on people like uh, you know, maybe some people like Jimmy Johnson or what have you that are are very low key, kind of keep a low profile. But maybe that allows them to focus on race day instead of having, you know, to do 50,000 interviews and, and do 50,000 different things. Um, do you think they'll be able to focus and get down to business year one and have success, which I would call finishing in the top 20 in points for uh, as far as the, the driver and team goes? I don't think it'll be that. To start off, it'll be a little tough because it's different. Um, yeah. I think – would would they win a race? Probably not. Would they? F- if if I had to go off of his stats from last year, I would bet he would probably get anywhere from five to ten top fives this year, and then double or triple his top tens. But it takes time. It takes uh, the relationship with Wheels, who hasn't been a crew chief in a couple of years, to get back on the horse, and then the relationship between everybody else. I mean, it, you look at Chris Bell had one year in that '95, and, and give them another year or two years that that may have changed their performance tremendously. You just don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I can yeah. see that. I don't really have much to talk about because hell, I've been wrapped up in my 700 square feet here and. Fucking liberal bill, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess we could talk about the the schedules um, for next year. Um, the NASCAR schedule mixed up a lot, um, which is great to see. A um, couple things that kind of stick out. I'm not thrilled with the Bush Clash being on the road course. I think that's stupid. That's not what the Bush Clash is. If you got to run ten cars out there on the Speedway, you fucking do it because that's what the Bush Clash is. Um, especially when you're going to come back three weeks later and run the road course. I mean, that's, I don't know, silly to me. You got your Speedway cars down there anyway. Just just do it. Um, I am excited about the Bristol Dirt Race, not because of the stock cars, but because of the weeks leading up and after that, that event. Um, you're going to have a ton of good late model shows. You're going to have sprint cars the week after, after the track's already been run in. Um, the outlaws are going to prepare the track and do all that. So they know what they're doing. Um, it's going to be a hell of a time. I mean, think about in 2000, 2001, those cars were running 175 at the end of the straightaway at Bristol, a half mm-hmm. mile. Think about what 20 years of motor and wing technology have done. <laughs> Those yeah. are going to be hauling ass. And I don't know if Strict, Strict Daddy is going to run the late models there. I would imagine he would. But if anybody can fucking polish those bad boys up and put them on the dash, it's him. Yeah. I'm for Strickler to win Bristol Dirt in the, in the late models. That's going to be a hell of an event. What do you think? A lap time. Do you think 11 seconds, 12 seconds is possible with the, the outlaws there? 100%. 100%. Yeah. Easily. That could be insane. Yeah. yeah. Easily. I mean, think about it. Like a, a sprint car weighs 1,400 pounds. It makes roughly 900. the same amount of downforce. Or sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the sprint cars make, what, 900 horsepower. They're 1,400 pounds. And they make about as much downforce as a cup car. Let's say it's, 
a thousand or so, maybe a little bit more. Um, I'm talking like short track package. Um, so they've got a shit ton of downforce. They don't weigh anything and they got twice the motor. Like they are going to fucking fly and it's going to be whoever has the biggest sack that's going to win that thing. Yeah, it's, it's going to be amazing. I, I am, I am very excited about the road courses. I think circuit of the Americas is a good one. I'm, I think they're going to run the full circuit. If, if I heard yep, correctly, the news articles, yep, so that'll be good. Um, you, you know, I, I, the, the cup cars, yeah, originally my gut, my gut reaction was what the fuck they're, they're going to use up those tires so fast. They're going to be crawling around the track, but that usually puts on a good show. So I, I'm interested with that. I'm very excited for road America because the, those long straight braking zones they have there will make for a ton of good passing. The straights are long. So you're gonna be able to pull up and suck up on people. I do not sleep in that road America race. If you want to have your buddies over, you know, smoke some meat, drink some beers, that'll be a good one to watch on the TV. If, if you're not going to be there, I, I think that might be top three best race of the season. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Yeah, Honestly, sure. I could. that's a good racetrack that, I mean, when we first went there, people dumping each other and there's fights and it's not going to change. That is not going to be any different after that. Um, Jay-Z, what do you got in uh real racing stuff? Got anything to cover? No, this, this podcast isn't really for the formula one and the sports car stuff. Um, you know, I, the, the politics of formula one the last couple of years have been, it's, it's been crazy, right? It's, so if one team cheats, it's considered innovation. If another team cheats, oh, no, that's dirty. For example, uh, Mercedes bends the rules, has this uh, dual-axis steering where they pull the steering wheel closer to the driver, push it away, and it changes the toe angle on the on the race car. So those suspension parts actually move, which goes against the regulations. But the FIA is like, ah, you know what? It's a gray area. Let it slide. Well, last season, Ferrari has this engine that somehow leaks extra oil or some sort of combustible fluid into the fuel system so they can make 25 more horsepower than everybody else with a car that's still technically shit. Um, It's a gray area. (laughs) They couldn't catch them. It passed tech every single week, and they tear that thing down, and they they – has some sort of secret backroom deal because I guess they're uh, you know racist against Italians. I, I don't know what it is, but it, it's just the the politics, man. Just just kill me. It's that's uh, that's the only thing I got. I'm I'm interested to see what the new cars in 2022 will do. If that's going to shake anything up, uh, or if it's going to be more the same. And Mercedes just has those great Germans doing all their engineering. And the Italians are too busy waving their hands, screaming at each other in Italian in the shop. <laughs> and they're just, they're just not going to make any headway. That's, that's all. Does, does that George, George Wilson, is that his name? George the, Russell. George Russell is, is him running like almost winning Bahrain. I think it was, does mm-hmm. that discredit Lewis Hamilton at all? I, I don't think so. Um, I think it just goes to show how good that equipment is, right? Everyone knows. Um, I think it shows that Lewis Hamilton maybe isn't godlike. He might be one of the disciples, right? He's up there. He, he was at the Last Supper table, you know what I mean? But he, yeah. he may not be the one actually performing miracles anymore. So there there might be some truth to that. But, um, you know, Valtteri Botas has been in good equipment. Um, Red Bull's not terrible, uh, just for the last six years, Mercedes, they're they're 
their full package. This really long ass wheelbase car they run has very little rake. Like it's very level to the ground where some of the other cars have the ass end sticking way up in the air. They somehow like have it. that. What'd you say? That's how I like it. <laughs> right it's just a very efficient package the way it works and they just they've got it figured out and everyone else is trying to do their own thing and it's wrong you know what i mean well how about this force india or whatever the hell that team's called racing point now they bought the rights to copy the 2016 mercedes to run or the 2017 mercedes to run this year and they were instantly three places better in the manufacturer's points just by copying what mercedes was doing <laughs> It was it's a legit copy. All the teams protested and, protested and said, hey, what was going on? It was literally like, hey, I'll let you copy my answers. Just change them up a little bit. That's all yeah. it was. It, it was yeah, yeah, they painted it pink is all it was. It's crazy. So they, uh, the aero guys they have at uh, Mercedes, as long as the people that design that suspension package they have, um, it's good. Because they, yeah, their engines are good, but the, the pace they maintain over a full stint on the tires is incredible. So I, I just well we'll see what the politics play out as next season and if the the racing's any good. Well, like most things in racing, the more money you throw at it, the better it is, and they're definitely throwing the most money. So good what for was that. Three hundred and thirty million in twenty nineteen. They spent between the two cars, something like that. It was astronomical. Yeah, that's weird. like one night at the strip club for Tyler Young. <laughs> right <laughs> after a win, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's how much the after party costs when Teasley won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anybody got anything else? No, I'm out of liquor. I got to go uh, fill up my cup. All right. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you guys for joining us again. I want to thank all of our partners SRI Performance, Finish Line Wash Pros, Escape Pool Cleaning, Carol Tractor and Trailer Repair, Hoosier Racing Tire, and Filthy Mechanic Clothing, along with Kerosene's Photography. Guys, I, I'm excited for Miltona. I want to thank you guys for joining us again for another podcast. And, um, well, uh, we'll do it again once Milton is over. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for the SRI Poll Award. Whoop, whoop. All right, we'll see you guys later. See ya. Later, dudes.